on. I'm a crazy. Look, there goes the game. Tonight on Ithaca Now, we will be taken on a quest to find the perfect pumpkin. I, I don't know, there's just something about seeing that sort of orange glow from a jack-o'-lantern at this time of year that I don't, just takes me back to being a kid, I guess. We'll sit down with Ellie Pfeffer, a Cornell student and climate activist looking to add her voice to Ithaca's Common Council. So I felt like I had to act because we're living in a climate emergency and we need comprehensive climate legislation. All that and more tonight on Ithaca Now. You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news podcast focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Jacqueline Agahigian. Tonight on Ithaca Now, we'll hear about what you need to do at your favorite pumpkin patch to find the best pumpkin you can. And we'll sit down with Ellie Pfeffer, a member of Sunrise Ithaca, who is running as a write-in candidate at Ward 3 Elder Person position. But first, let's tune in to Madeline Lorin and Vedan Akari. A record label is suing Cornell University over allegations of copyright infringement. Yesh Music LLC filed a $150,000 lawsuit in response to Cornell using its tracks in an ad. The ad was created for two companies and featured ambient music that Yesh Music LLC co-owns. Members of the Dryden Planning Board have formed a subcommittee dedicated to reducing zoning regulations in the hamlet of Varna. With the proposal of multiple large-scale projects on the horizon, town officials want to limit contracts with outside developers and shift favor back to single-family homes. If the proposal is passed, Varna will limit growth from 2,700 additional rooms to 1,300, significantly reducing possible future growth in the area. Ithaca activists Claire Grady and six others are convicted for staging an anti-war protest. The protest occurred last year at the Kings Bay Nuclear Submarine Base in Georgia. They were charged for conspiracy, property damage, and trespassing. They'll be sentenced in two months with up to a possible 20 years in prison. Tomorrow, members of the community are meeting with candidates for multiple different Tompkins County political races. Candidates for the New York Supreme Court, Tompkins County Judge, Alder People of the Common Council, and the Mayor of the City of Ithaca will be available at the Tompkins County Public Library to discuss issues that are important to voters and meet with possible future constituents. Early voting began this weekend and continues to the official election date on November 5th. Workers from Ithaca Coffee Company call on local residents to boycott the business. Several Cornell students and Ithaca community members boycotted ICC's Trip Hammer location. Up to three employees won the back pay, which also included disciplinary actions being removed from the company. Dancers of all ages and music interests gathered over this first Halloween weekend to enjoy free live music and dance spaces around town. 
Spaces like the Sacred Root Cava Bar and Tea Lounge, the Range, and the Chanticleer hosted bands and DJs with a spooky theme, inviting patrons to enjoy live music and get their groove on throughout the weekend. As Halloween is just around the corner, we thought we would bring you back to a story we did two years ago about a Halloween favorite, pumpkins. Then WICB correspondents Madison Ferrandez and Bridget Wright tells us more about what we put on our doorsteps this time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Crisp air, changing leaves, apple pie, but nothing screams fall like pumpkins. The question is, what should you be looking for in a pumpkin? Personally, I like a, one that's very round, maybe a little bit squat. Some people might prefer ones that are a little bit longer in shape. Um, and you want to make sure that it has really good ribbing in it as well. So that, that makes, just makes a pumpkin look like a pumpkin. Really good color, that deep orange color. That was Steve Reiner, professor and chair of horticulture at Cornell University. But as Reiner says, it's not all about looks. It's the inside that counts too. I make sure that there's no soft spots on the pumpkin. There can be scratches. That's not a problem. But if there's anything soft on the pumpkin, that will mean that old rot. It's not going to last very long. Reiners has worked at Cornell since 1994, but he is also a statewide vegetable specialist. He helps farmers in the state grow the best crops possible. Our growers are incredible. They have this, this expertise to be able to do that, but occasionally problems do arise, and that's when I try to come in and try to figure out the better way to grow those. And I work with entomologists for insect management, and I work with plant pathologists when diseases come along. Reiner says that perfect pumpkins don't grow themselves. It comes from the hard work and dedication of farmers. The process of pumpkin growing starts in June, way before we're thinking about the changing leaves in cooler weather. Typically, you'll see most growers trying to put them in sometime between about the 1st of June and about the 25th of June. So you've got that sort of three to four week period. If you plant later, you take a risk that you're just not, it's going to, you're just not going to have enough time to get them to ripen up. However, there are many factors that stand in the way of fall enthusiasts getting the pumpkins they desire. Dozens and dozens and dozens of diseases that will come in. You're dealing with the, uh, the weather. You have wet fields, you can't plant, you can't cultivate to control the weeds. For the past few years, the weather has not been optimal for pumpkin growing, which is due to what Reiner describes as the new normal, extremes in the weather. When it gets dry, it gets very dry. When it gets wet, it gets very wet. It stays in this pattern for a very long period of time. The beginning of this year appeared to be following the trend of imperfect pumpkin growing conditions. Because it was so wet early on, and some growers didn't get the number of acres of pumpkins in that they'd hoped, simply because it was just too wet. This is a problem that faces Iron Kettle Farm in Kansas, New York, Ithaca's neighbor. Warm weather is the best for growing pumpkins, but it doesn't equal a perfect season alone. The combination of warm and wet weather this year caused some issues with Iron Kettle's pumpkins. Jennifer Jennison, owner and partner of the farm, says, um, Well, by the time you harvest pumpkins, you kind of want it to be cool, Maria, um, but you don't necessarily want it to be wet and mm -hmm. warm because you, you, once the pumpkin has um, a nicker cut and it's warm, and a little extra moisture, you get bacteria, and bacteria will make pumpkins rot. But Reiner says the weather turned around, and this season became ideal for growing perfect pumpkins. Probably mid-August or so, things really started to dry out, and September was just this beautiful month of day after day of warm daytime temperatures with nice sun, sunshine. Overall, 
Jennison says that having a warm harvest season isn't all too bad. Iron Kettle Farm has had such a great season that they are actually struggling to keep pumpkins fully stocked because the weather has been so nice on the weekends. Um, due to the nice warm weather, uh, mm -hmm. we've had a uh, fantastic fall. Um, if we have rainy weekends, it really hinders on how many people that come to the farm. So now that you know the ins and outs of this year's pumpkin harvest, how do you plan to make your pumpkins extra special? Jennison's favorite way to decorate pumpkins is by painting them. She paints pumpkins at the farm, so she has some advice for you if you're looking to make some pumpkin art. Well, I do all the pumpkin painting here at mm -hmm. the farm on all the characters, so I always like big eyes and lots of expression. Reiner says that most of the pumpkins in New York State are grown larger to be made into jack-o'-lanterns, so he likes to carve his pumpkins. My favorite is to make a jack-o'-lantern. Um, I, I don't know, there's just something about seeing that sort of orange glow from a jack-o'-lantern at this time of the year that I don't, just takes me back to being a kid, I guess, and it just really is just, I just love the way that looks, so I love doing that. But make sure you pick the right pumpkin for your pie. If I was looking for one that I wanted to cut up and make into pies, I would get a smaller pumpkin, usually one that's around four to six pounds. They've actually been bred by breeders to, uh, to be really good for, for baking and for cooking with. You wouldn't want to do that with a big jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. They've been bred to be jack-o'-lanterns. For Bridget Bright, I'm Madison Fernandez, WICB News. We'll be right back after a short break. Coming up, we'll learn about Ellie Pfeffer, a Cornell freshman running for a seat in Ithaca's Common Council. You're listening to Ithaca Now on 91.7 FM. Want to hear more female artists on the Station for Innovation? Tune in to Eve Out Loud to hear a variety of female-fronted music. Sunday nights at 8 on 92 WICV. Did you know that Tompkins County has one of the highest ratings of runaway and homeless youth in the state? Young people who aren't staying at home face real danger, not having enough to eat, being taken advantage of, dropping out of school, or worse. Family and Children's Services of Ithaca's Open Doors program supports families who are at a breaking point. If you or someone you know is having troubles at home, call 607-273-7494. This message is brought to you by WICB Ithaca. Welcome back to Ithaca Now. I'm your host, Jacqueline Agahigian. Ellie Pfeffer is a college freshman looking to bring the voice of young people into Common Council. She is an active member of Sunrise Ithaca, a branch of the National Sunrise Movement calling for climate action. Pfeffer's main focus of her campaign is to help imp implement a structure for Ithaca's Green New Deal now rather than later. WICB News Director Bridget Bright sat down with her to learn more. Welcome, Ellie. I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so for our first question, can you introduce yourself as a candidate? Sure. So my name is Ellie Pfeffer. Uh, I grew up in New York City and I started getting, um, I started acting uh, for climate action. Uh, because, you know, in New York City, uh, well, I was seeing everywhere throughout the world uh, young people galvanize for climate action uh, behind Greta Thunberg. And, you know, living in New York City, I looked around and really nobody was mobilizing, nobody was galvanized in that same way 
And so I felt like I had to act um, because we're living in a climate emergency and we need comprehensive uh, climate legislation to stave off the most severe consequences of of climate of the climate crisis. Um, so I am a Cornell student. Um, I'm a Cornell undergrad. I'm a freshman, and I am running this campaign uh, because I felt like I had no other choice. Um, I've been working through the Sunrise Movement, uh, who who helped uh, was really the 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 people-powered force behind getting the Green New Deal passed in Ithaca in June. Um, so I've been working with them in uh, pressuring the Common Council to really follow through on that commitment by putting the kind of funding uh, necessary to hire people to create the policies that we need in the city. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people in this city and a lot of young people especially who are really, uh, really frustrated at the way that the Common Council, you know, talks the talk when it comes to uh, comprehensive climate action, but doesn't walk the walk, and that that requires really, you know, putting the funding necessary and um, prioritizing climate action. Um, so, you know, it, it was really the only logical uh, conclusion uh, for me. To, to run this insurgent write-in campaign for climate for uh, for common council uh, to put the people uh, in the halls of power and I think there you know, there's the common council is really quite out of touch with the people in this town uh, or in the city especially the young people and so um, my my ward the third ward of Ithaca is, there is a, in the third ward, there is a huge population of uh, Cornell students, of college students, um, and we deserve to be represented in the city. I'm curious to hear more about what you said regarding current Common Council members. You said they were out of touch. Can you speak on that a little bit more? Yeah, so, um, you know, the Common Council is run the majority of older folks um, and we live in a college town. We have uh, Ithaca College, Cornell University um, as you know the biggest employers in this and, and the biggest organizations in this in the city. Um, and so uh, it's it's not a democratic representation of our city to to not even have one college student on Common Council, um, and and you know that shows when it comes to uh, this this climate uh, inaction that that the Common Council is not willing to you know, really uh, advocate for this issue. Um, it shows that out of touch uh, nature. I'm going to read what Sunrise Ithaca wrote about your campaign. They said. Ellie's platform is highlighted by the spearheading of an institutional DNA shift of the city of Ithaca to champion climate justice in all departments, to significantly increase the proposed additions for Green New Deal resources in Ithaca's 2020 budget, and 
uplift youth voices call for huge transformational change to address the climate emergency and social injustice. It's a mouthful. Can you explain how you will go about doing this if you are elected? So, I mean, I think what we need is this institutional DNA shift. And, and what that means is, you know, government is run by, through a hierarching, hierarch, hierarching um, of priorities. So, you know, what the govern what the legislative body chooses to uh, focus on in terms of uh, what their priorities are for you know bringing legislation to the table for uh, community outreach listening to community organizations to get their input on what matters in the city all those kind of decisions are, are a function of what their priorities are and so in order to create institutional change you need people in the highest positions of power in the city, which is the common council and the mayor, to be champions of of the issues that that the city is demanding be uh, actualized and uh, be addressed. And so, uh, in office, I would be a champion of climate justice. And you know what's really important for me is that. Uh, is making legislation that understands the intersection of climate justice and social justice. So, uh, you know, the Green New Deal is not just about that. The Green New Deal that the Common Council passed in June is not just about throwing a little bit of money on some energy projects. It's about realizing that when we shift to this green economy, it's going to put pressure on society it's going to put pressure on people and you know those pressures are going to hit the most vulnerable people first so when we're when we're making climate policy we need to be we need to be thinking about protecting the protecting working people in the city protecting people of color protecting the most people most vulnerable to climate damage um and so when we make policy we need to be listening to community organizations from those kind of of from from the people in our community to make sure that they're not being hurt by climate policy we're going to take a short break when we come back we'll hear more from elizabeth warner this is Ithaca Now on wicb friday nights are the time to tune in to your favorite funky hits Hear your favorite musicians such as Earth, Wind, and Fire, Funkadelic, The Meters, and more. Tune into The Funk Show, Friday nights at 6 on WICB. Cayuga Dog Rescue cares for stray, abandoned, neglected, and abused dogs, as well as dogs deteriorating or scheduled for euthanasia in regional shelters. CDR places rescued dogs into foster homes, where they receive top veterinary care, as well as emotional, physical, and social rehabilitation. Cayuga Dog Rescue is a 100% volunteer organization. 
Information about volunteering with CDR and donating to aid in veterinary care and dog supplies can be found at CayugaDogRescue.org. This message is brought to you by WYCB Ithaca. Welcome back to Ithaca Now. If you're just joining us, we're hearing from Ellie Pfeffer, a Cornell freshman running for the Ward 3 Common Council seat. To back up just a little bit, in case our listeners don't know, can you describe what Ithaca's Green New Deal is? Um, If you could just explain the bare bones of that and then talk about how you will go about enacting it. Right, so excitingly, uh, the Ithaca Common Council passed a Green New Deal uh, this past June, uh, which is based on the goals of the federal Green New Deal and sets really bold, uh, ambitious goals for uh, reaching, for mitigating greenhouse gases in the city. Uh, So by 2030, the Common Council has committed to making the city carbon neutral. Uh, So what that, also the Green New Deal um, in Ithaca recognizes that Climate change is really scary, but it's also an incredible opportunity to address systemic social injustices. And so um, it recognizes that uh, the Green New Deal is an opportunity to uh, to address these social so already present social inequities. Um, so that's what the Green New Deal lays out. And in terms of uh, what I would do to make sure those uh, goals are achieved, right now the Common Council is in budget season and they want to put one full-time staffer towards uh, planning this Green New Deal, uh, which includes more substantively a green building policy for existing and new buildings um, that provides a code for um, developers to develop in a green way Um, and it also uh, it also provides a green uh, the creation of a climate action plan which includes a greenhouse inventory greenhouse gas inventory so that we can create the policy through the climate action plan uh, the legislation that really uh, bolsters or uh, enables us to to accomplish these bold goals um, so in terms of what I would do, uh, when I'm elected, I will make sure that, uh, as many, we need at least two staffers, uh, working on the planning of the legislation because planning is not implementation and 2030 is 10 years away. And so we need to make sure that we are, uh, getting the experts into our city government necessary to, uh, really plan out this policy and then help us implement it. And so, you know, it's the budget season will be will be closing the day after I'm elected. So I don't have power over that yet. You know, I've been working towards it through my activism, but that's not effective. And so when I'm in office, I'm going to be meeting with community organizations to hear what they need for a Green New Deal. I think there's a big uh, misconception that a Green New Deal needs to be you know, totally planned out now. And what what's really important is that, like I said earlier, pe- 
our community members are really part of this conversation about what they need to be protected in a Green New Deal. So, so I would be meeting with community organizations all the time to figure out exactly what kinds of policies we need. I'm not remembering your exact phrasing, but you said something about activism not being powerful enough. Can you explain that? In order to address uh, climate injustice, um, we need to be uh, both outside the, outside the halls of power, you know, being activists. So, so you know, whether that, whether that means us doing direct action or um, sort of mobilizing people uh, to attend strikes or what we've really been focusing on, which is we've gotten about 30 people to fill the, the chambers of Common Council at their public hearings uh, for the budget season. Uh, that's really important for, you know, getting the kind of uh, policies that we that that the people are demanding um, actualized. Uh, but, you know, there comes a time when our our power as as advocates from the outside of outsides of hall, the out from outside the halls of power becomes insufficient. And so it's really important that with a problem as big and as intersectional as climate change, uh, that we have influence both from inside and outside. Um, so that's what this campaign's about. It's about uh, that mobilizing, uh, you know, acting on the mobilization of young people that has been occurring in this in this city. Um, and it's about getting it's about getting um, power where where we can really change things. Mm-hmm. OK, and I'm sure this is one thing a lot of people are thinking about with your campaign. You mm-hmm. are a college student. Mm-hmm. So how would you manage being a college student and also being on Common Council? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a totally reasonable question. I think most of the Common Council members uh, work other jobs as well. Um, so it's, you know, it's both been is being done on Common Council right now and it's been done in the past. There have been common, common councils members that are, have been students in the past many times before. You know, Savante Myrick, our mayor, originally started on the Common Council as a student. So, um, you know, it's it's been done before and it needs to be done now. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to let our listeners know why, if they're voting in Ward 3, why they should vote for you over Rob Gearhart? Well, you know, the third ward, in the third ward, there is a huge population of, uh, of college students and really, you know, talking to them, it's clear that most of them don't even know what the Common Council is. So how, you know, there's, there's definitely an element of being out of touch with um, the constituency base. And so, uh, you know, using my voice uh, as, as somebody who represents the community is is i think really important um and so yeah okay um and so if you can in one sentence can you say why a voter should vote for you well i think a voter who cares about the future of this world and about making it a livable future 
needs to vote for me to steward a robust and energetic uh, action plan to accomplish uh, the staving off of climate, the worst damages of climate change. Okay, and is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, you know, if, if you're listening to this, uh, to this podcast, we need you to uh, turn out to the polls and vote for me. Uh, early election has already started. It started yesterday and it is going on until November 3rd. So if you live in the in the third ward, um, you need to turn out um, and you can, the election is November 5th um, at the Bell Sherman Annex. And if you're if you're listening and you're feeling really energized about this about this campaign, please follow us on social media. Our Facebook is Ellie Pfeffer, P-F-E-F-F-E-R, for Ithaca Common Council. And our Instagram is Pfeffer, again, P-F-E-F-F-E-R, underscore for F-O-R, underscore Ithaca. And this is a write-in campaign, so it's really important that you write my name on the at the bottom right hand corner under older person it's kind of a funny name for this position position but it's older person and um feel free to reach out to us we need people mobilizing um mobilizing people to get involved in this campaign um, mobilizing people to vote, especially because there is such a low turnout in municipal elections like this. So please reach out to us on social media uh, to see how you can get involved. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. Tune into our podcast next Sunday at 7 p.m. for more stories and news impacting the Ithaca community. You can find our content on WICB.org. And if you like to listen to past broadcasts, subscribe to us for free on Spotify, iTunes podcast store, and whatever else you find our podcast. For more updates throughout the week, follow us on social media. Search for WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And before we go, we have to thank you for tonight's show. Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Bernard, WICB Station Manager, Peter Cimpelli, and our new staff, Executive Director, Bridget Bright, and Production Director, Jay Bradley. All of the music from our show comes from Dr. Dundriff, who hails from Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you so much for joining us, and we have a fantastic week. I'm Jacqueline Agahigian, and you've been listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.